the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora this afternoon right here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Deborah has been in Washington, D.C. for the rally supporting Lori Smith and 303 Creative LLC in the Supreme Court case today known as 303 Creative LLC v. Elenis. A very important one because, as the company name 303 Creative suggests, it's a business based here in Colorado. Playing off cleverly that 303 area code. And the state of Colorado wants to force, to compel speech by folks like Lori Smith, who are in the business of graphic designing and web designing. And the Supreme Court heard the case today. A ruling isn't expected until the end of June or by the end of June. It is one of the early cases of this term of the Supreme Court as far as them hearing it. And I got through, oh, let me see here, probably a good hour and 40 minutes or so of the oral arguments. One was presented by attorney for Lori Smith and 303 Creative, the attorney Kristen Wagner with the Alliance Defending Freedom, good friends of KNUS. They were the same organization that represented Jack Phillips and Masterpiece Cake Shop and continues to represent Jack Phillips in his various fights for his rights legally. And Kristen Wagner gave her case before the court, really answering questions. That's mostly what happens. And then uh, Solicitor General Olson, if I recall correctly, I think his first name is Eric. But Solicitor General Olson for Colorado then responded on behalf of or got to give his piece as the representative of the state of Colorado. And I wasn't quite finished with his appearance before the Supreme Court, before coming online with you today on the air. But it was very interesting listening. And Deborah was there in D.C. on her way back now. She was hoping to be able to call in today at the top of the show, but unfortunately isn't able to due to her travels back. But she was at the rally, spoke at the rally outside the Supreme Court building today. Now, I believe you can access from 710knus.com the live stream of the rally. And then Deborah recorded exclusively for 710knus an important Freedoms on the Line special report video 
that if you go to 710knus.com to the Deborah Flora Show page, you can see the video interview with Lori Smith of 303 Creative, as well as an attorney for Alliance Defending Freedom. Definitely worth checking that out. This is a principled woman in Lori Smith who is fighting to say in court, I should not be forced to say things through my artistic work with which I disagree. That's what this case is about. In particular, it is she doesn't want to be forced to make a website that expresses a message related to same-sex marriage that would suggest or imply support from her for gay marriage, which in accordance with her religious beliefs, is something she strongly disagrees with. Now, this is not a case, though, that is rooted around religious freedom and the free exercise clause of the Constitution. It is a First Amendment case, though, but focused on freedom of speech. Whether or not the government can compel certain speech with which the creator... In this case, a graphic artist and web designer disagrees. Now, I had my own interview, what, seven, eight months ago on a web show I was doing in partnership with the Washington Examiner called Jimmy at the Crossroads. And I have just a couple of little excerpts of my interview with Lori Smith and then with Kristen Wagoner, the attorney who argued on Smith's behalf before the United States Supreme Court just this morning. And I want to play that first a little bit from Lori Smith. So that you can really understand where she's coming from as far as the artistic nature of her work. It's not like this is just pure plug and play. Oh, you want a website? Okay. You want it to be a marriage site? Okay. I'll just make something very simple and I don't have to really put any thought to it. No, she is a creative artist. And you cannot separate the speech aspect of that, of using your creativity as an artist from the work that you are hired to create by a customer. So here's a little bit of Lori Smith and I talking about that exact aspect and her perspective, I think, is first. I started my business 303 Creative about 10 years ago because I wanted to invest my time and my talents and my passion in promoting things that I really care about. And I do this every day through my custom graphics and websites. And while I'm happy to serve all people, and I do serve all people, including those who identify as LGBT, there are certain messages I'm unable to communicate through my business. And the government is forcing me to violate my deeply held beliefs uh, or face fear of punishment or fines. And I'm so incredibly thankful that the United States Supreme Court has decided to hear my case this fall. And my hope and my prayer is that the highest court in our nation will continue to uphold our right to speak freely because graphic artists, creative business professionals like myself, and ultimately all Americans deserve the right to live and work in alignment with their deeply held beliefs without the fear of unjust government punishment. Talk to me a little bit about what drives you and motivates you from an artistic vantage point, because the way you seem to approach your web design or when you are doing other aspects of your work, 
is you seem to be coming at it from that artistic perspective. I mean, I am a harmonica player, for example, and so I'm always bringing a source of artistry to what I do when I'm performing on stage. And it seems like that's the same thing that you're bringing to your development. Of course. I approach each and every project in a different way because no two projects are alike. Whether a client is coming to me looking for a new logo or a new website, it's important to me before I even begin creating that I get to understand them. Many of my clients are small business owners or leaders of nonprofits in the area, and I want to know why they're so excited and what it is that they love about their business or their nonprofit. So there's a lot of backstory that goes into a website or a graphic before I even begin creating. And then when the creative process begins, much like a traditional artist would use a paintbrush to canvas, um, I approach my work in a similar manner, but my work is accomplished and created um, on the computer, not a canvas. So no two projects are the same, and that's what I love about what I do. Now, one more question, then we'll bring in Kristen Wagner. When it comes to your business and the services that you provide and to whom you provide them, is this a matter of certain individuals you deny services to, or is it about the message that you're being asked to put together on a website or some other form of artistic work? My business, in my case, has, this has never been about which individuals to work with, but rather which messages I'm being asked to invest my time, my talent, and my passion in promoting and celebrating. And I serve all people, including those who identify as LGBT. And that, as we're back live now, is the crux of the matter. It is about the message that web designer, graphic artist, Lori Smith, may be asked to present implicit in whatever work she's creating. Now, she may not be saying on the website, I support gay marriage, but if she believes that that is not, biblically speaking, a marriage, and as a strong, devout Christian, she's coming at it from the perspective of a an artist who exemplifies her faith in her work and glorifies God through her work. She can't take that on and, and express that message in a way that is implied when you are creating a website promoting a particular gay wedding. You don't have to agree with her perspective to understand the speech implications here. Now, I have hired web designers in the past, especially when I ran a nonprofit. I have a web designer working with me on my JimmySingenberger.com website. There is a lot that goes into the conversations about what you want, how you want the website to look, the design, the layout, <clears throat> the content, and that creativity has to come in when you are making that website, especially if you look at it from creative. So that isn't a small thing. That's the essence of this point. Again, that's Lori Smith of 303 Creative LLC. I interviewed her several months back. You can check out Deborah Flora's extensive interview, 710knus.com, and go to the Deborah Flora Show page. Now, one other clip I want to play from my interview several months back was with Kristen Wagner, Alliance Defending Freedom attorney, who this morning 
argued Lori Smith's case in front of the United States Supreme Court. And here's a little bit of what she had to say in terms of the legal issues here. Colorado is one of the most aggressive states to weaponize its laws to try to censor speech. And they certainly are doing that in Lori's case. As you mentioned, when you opened, I think it also um, trapped essentially Jack Phillips at Masterpiece Cake Shop. And that case was litigated up to the U.S. Supreme Court as well. In Jack Phillips' case, um, he won on behalf on the free exercise of religion ground. And the issue that's in Lori's case is free speech. The reason that was left open in Jack's case is because the court found that the hostility that Colorado displayed to Jack was so egregious, so obvious, that they didn't even need to reach the free speech issue, which then allowed Colorado to continue to go after artists who share the orthodox belief that marriage is between a man and a woman or believe that biological sex is binary, that there's male and female. And so Colorado has continued to pursue those who hold those beliefs and try to enforce the law against them. I think one other thing I would point out in Lori's case in particular is that there's no question that this is pure speech that's at issue. The court is trying to censor what is the written word as well as photography and visuals that would be on Lori's website. And Colorado has actually admitted, stipulated in court, that this is pure speech, um, that there's no question about it and that they have the power to do that. If they're willing to stipulate that this is pure speech, what is the issue that is being presented, especially when we do have that First Amendment protection? At least that's what I thought we did. Well, under Colorado's interpretation of its law, it doesn't matter that it's speech. It has the right to put its thumb on the scales and censor one particular viewpoint of marriage. And that's what they're trying to do here. So you're absolutely right. The core issue is, does the free speech clause in the First Amendment protect the speech of all Americans, even those who may disagree with the government's view on a particular issue? And this transcends the particular issue in this case, which is marriage. Because we know that if the government takes unto itself the right to silence speech, to silence dissent, it can do that to any one of us. So we're really all in this together. And again, this morning, December 5th, 2022, Kristen Wagoner argued the case before the Supreme Court on behalf of Lori Smith and 303 Creative. She is, I think, lead counsel, if I recall correctly, um, but one of the top attorneys, at the very least, at Alliance Defending Freedom. It was quite something to listen to the oral arguments as far as I've gotten so far, about an hour and 40 minutes into it. And especially during the Q&A with Eric Olson, the Solicitor General for Colorado, arguing the case before the bench this morning, and Justice Neil Gorsuch, Colorado's own, really pressed quite well the Solicitor General on his arguments. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh also did, I think, really demonstrating holes in their cases. But there's one clip that's been making the rounds online of Gorsuch with Colorado Solicitor General Eric Olson that I think is uh, pretty striking and uh, a valuable one to hear. Take a listen to this from just this morning, Gorsuch and Olson. Colorado changed their religious belief, right? No, but, but well, to... and you protect religious beliefs under the statute, right? That is one of the protected characteristics yes. in theory. And in practice. If it wasn't in practice, we had heard about it over, over the past several years, and, and my friend has pointed to no example where 
this has been applied. Mr. Phillips did go through a re-education training program pursuant to Colorado law, did he not, Mr. Olson? He went through a, a process that ensured he was familiar with. It was with a re-education program, right? It was not a re-education program. What do you call it? It was a process to make sure he was familiar with Colorado law. Someone might be excused for calling that a re-education I strongly program. disagree, Justice Gorsuch. Thank you, Mr. Olson. A rather interesting exchange, to be sure. But Gorsuch really did an effective job in poking holes at the argument presented by Solicitor General Olson. And then Kavanaugh did as well. But that is important because basically if Jack Phillips or Lori Smith is holding religious beliefs and they are creative professionals, Jack Phillips, if you've ever been to Masterpiece Cake Shop, we broadcasted live. I remember back uh, during his legal battles, we broadcasted live here on KNUS. I was down there at Masterpiece Cake Shop, and that was a great experience to be able to support Jack in that time. But if you have ever been to Masterpiece Cake Shop, there are beautiful artistic cakes that are unique, one of a kind. You won't find them anywhere else. He really has to bring out that artistry. And that same principle is what Lori Smith is bringing about. So if they have strong religious beliefs and they are using their creativity to express speech and the speech that they are presenting is rooted in their core beliefs. And in this case, they happen to be religious beliefs, but this isn't a religious-based case. Then, A, should they be forced to express speech that they don't agree with in that way? And B, are they supposed to go through classes that say, oh, this is how you need to approach things, here's the law. And basically, as Gorsuch was framing it, a re-education camp of sorts. There's a lot here and a lot to unpack. What are your thoughts as we go to break on this very important case? A seminal free speech case, the idea of the government forcing, compelling a certain kind of speech irrespective of your beliefs. 303 696 1971 is our telephone number. You can also text into the show on the 710KNUS app on your smartphone. You can tweet at me, Jimmy Sangenberger, at Sang Center. That's saying with an E, not an A, Center on Twitter. You can also email me directly via 710KNUS.com if you go to my show page, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. And, of course, if you go to Deborah Flora's show page, you can see her full interview, on-camera interview, with Lori Smith herself and an attorney from Alliance Defending Freedom. You can also email me directly 24-7-365 at my website, jimmysangenberger.com. Remember, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is Easy. 303-696-1971, our telephone number. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora. Just getting started with the hour. Stay tuned. News Talk 710 KNUS. A really nice Christmas song from Amy Grant. Merry early Christmas, one and all. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora this afternoon on News Talk 710 KNUS, Denver's local talk leader that's a beautiful tune called emmanuel deborah is en route back to colorado from washington dc where this morning she spoke at a rally for Lori smith the owner and purveyor of 303 creative 
which is a graphic artist and web design company, arguing in court today that through attorney Kristen Wagner of Alliance Defending Freedom, that freedom of speech necessitates that you cannot be compelled, that indeed compelled speech is not free speech. And as an artist, a creator, a creative professional, one should not be forced to tow a line that the government says they must tow. It is interesting, though, when you hear some of the arguments from the left on this. Oh, this is going to trample upon LGBTQ rights. In fact, Erwin Chemerinsky, a professor at UC Berkeley School of Law, has written over at Yahoo the following. There will be grave consequences if the court rules in favor of Smith. There is no reason why such new First Amendment exemptions would be limited to sexual orientation. Those who want to discriminate against others based on race, sex, or religion could simply raise a First Amendment defense. And this would seemingly extend to laws prohibiting discrimination in all contexts, such as in employment and housing. That is absolutely baloney, to put it very nicely, because we are on the radio. I don't want Jim to have to press the dump button on yours truly. But you can probably guess what word might be in my mind. First of all, this isn't about sexual orientation. Lori Smith is arguing that she cannot express messages in support of a variant of marriage that is not traditional marriage. That is something other than a man and a woman. And in court today, her attorney even argued there are other kinds of messages or situations, marital included, marriages included, where she would say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I can't express what you want me to express. I can't take on your request. It's about the message in the particular issue. It's not about the people. She said in the clip I played earlier that she serves LGBT people, all people. But then there's the other piece. This would seemingly extend to laws prohibiting discrimination in all contexts, such as in employment and housing. Justice Gorsuch wrote a majority opinion in the Bostock decision a couple years ago that addressed discrimination in employment. Moreover, the Wall Street Journal put it well in their editorial on this, stating, quote, Miss Smith only wants to sell websites. Unlike physical public accommodations, such as hotels and restaurants, there is no captive market on the Internet. Coloradans can choose from countless different web designers, most of whom will happily serve gay weddings. So why can't the law leave Lori Smith alone? The comparison that Chemerinsky tries to make and fails between employment or housing is ludicrous. Simply ludicrous. This is a very important First Amendment case. And it is one that hopefully the Supreme Court will properly rule on, that there are limits to the government's ability to say, hey, this is, 
This is something you must do in terms of services dealing with speech in particular. We are talking about a natural right to speak your mind. And a website requires that. Graphic artistry requires that. And I'm not sure if I noticed noted in the last segment, I want to play this clip one more time from this morning in the Supreme Court hearing, oral arguments, of Justice Gorsuch exchanging Q&A with the Solicitor General for Colorado, Eric Olson. And as you listen to this, keep in mind that Gorsuch was the guy who wrote the majority opinion in Bostock two years ago that many conservatives were upset with him over that dealt with discrimination in the workplace as the court viewed it. In fact, the question was, according to Oye.org, Does Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits against employment discrimination because of sex, encompass discrimination based on an individual's sexual orientation? And Gorsuch said yes. Well, that same justice had this Q&A with the Solicitor General of Colorado. Colorado You can't change their religious belief, right? No, but, but, well, And you protect religious beliefs under the statute, right? That is one of the protected characteristics, yes. in theory. And in practice. If it wasn't in practice, we had heard about it over, over the past several years, and, and my friend has pointed to no example where this has been applied. Mr. Phillips did go through a re-education training program pursuant to Colorado law, did he not, Mr. Olson? He went through a, a process that ensured he was familiar it with... It was a re-education program, right? It was not a re-education program. What do you call it? It was a process to make sure he was familiar with Colorado law. Someone might be excused for calling that a re-education I strongly program. disagree, Justice Gorsuch. Thank you, Mr. Rose. Honestly, I think in that whole exchange, that was the best of the conservative arguments in the, in the Q&A with the Solicitor General of Colorado. That was just a, a little snippet, but Gorsuch really did a good job. I guess Kavanaugh built off of it pretty darn well, too. And then I, I stopped in the middle of Justice Barrett. But she was in, in, in the right line of, of thinking and Q&A as well. Very interesting when you actually listen to the justices and how they interact. And what's really cool, too, for decades, Justice Clarence Thomas was quiet on the bench and asked nary a question almost any time they heard a oral argument. And then during the pandemic, he found his voice. And it's a great voice, by the way. It is amazing speaking voice. And now he asks a lot more questions. And he did indeed ask several questions this morning. It's always interesting when he does that. In fact, I think he was the first questioner of the Colorado government's side in this case. What are your thoughts? 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. If you want to join into the festivities, we're going to take a break now. When we come back over the weekend... Donald Trump tweeted this, quote, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. A deeply disturbing, and I guess it wasn't a tweet, it was a truth on Truth Social, 
even though it embedded within it is something that is the antithesis of truth about the Constitution, how it operates and what's appropriate. Trump calling for the termination of the Constitution. Yeah, and that is what he did. I'll break down how you can only draw that conclusion on the other side. But we'll take up this topic. 303-696-1971. If you want to get into the conversation during our final segment of the Deborah Flora Show, Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora here on Denver's Local Talk Leader News Talk, 710 KNUS. What a nice, jazzy Christmas tune from James Taylor. Yes, indeed, Santa Claus is coming to town. We're getting closer to Christmas, 20 days away from Christmas Day. 19 away from the night that Santa comes on Christmas Eve. Good to be with you, Jimmy Sangenberger, in for Deborah Flora here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Breaking news, little Mikey Avenatti. That's what I call him, little Mikey Avenatti. The lawyer who went after Donald Trump, represented Stormy Daniels, was sentenced just today to 14 years in federal prison, quote, for defrauding his clients and for obstructing IRS efforts to collect payroll taxes from his coffee business, close quote. By the way, I don't think I realized that he had a coffee business in the first place. Not exactly coffee I would go for. I prefer Dunkin' Donuts myself. That's according to U.S. Attorney's Office for the Central District of California. The sentencing, according to the National Review, comes after the embattled lawyer pleaded guilty to four counts of wire fraud earlier this year for embezzling millions of dollars from four of his clients. Prosecutors said, little Mikey Avenatti, negotiated and collected settlement payments on his client's behalf only to funnel the money into accounts he controlled. Well, there you go. You reap what you sow. 14-year federal prison sentence for little Mikey Avenatti. Let's shift gears here to Donald Trump. Over the weekend, the former president of the United States said, quote, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out, all caps, and declare the all caps rightful winner, or do you have a all caps new election? A massive fraud of this type of and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. <clears throat> Let me restate that, reread that allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders, which he puts in quotes, oddly enough, did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Let's be clear about something. Because I'm a constitutional conservative. I spent... Seven years running an organization teaching 10-year-old fifth grade kids the U.S. Constitution and helping teachers to do that effectively. I care deeply about the Constitution. You cannot swear an oath to the U.S. Constitution while saying that you want to subvert the Constitution. 
No one who wishes to terminate all or part of the Constitution deserves to be the Republican nominee for president of the United States. And by the way, folks, while we're at it, this obsession with his 2020 lost must stop. It's time to get over it. Let's break this down because there are some who say, no, Jimmy, that's not what he was saying. He was saying that they were basically, through their supposed fraud, effectively terminating the Constitution or something along those lines. No. Number one, in this truth social post from Saturday, Trump posits that his false, by the way, claims of massive widespread fraud justify throwing out the 2020 election results and installing him back as president or doing a new election. That's what he says first. The Constitution does not allow for this at all. No provision. Nor do any other laws, rules, or regulations on the books anywhere, period. Step two. The only way to accomplish either of Trump's said goals, throw out the results and reinstate him as president, or do a new election, is to do what he says in the second sentence that this supposed massive fraud supposedly allows for. You must terminate all rules, regulations, and articles, and even the Constitution in order to do what he says would be his goals in the first sentence. And in the final sentence, he claims the founders wouldn't want what he claims happened to take place. That is to say, he wouldn't want a stolen election, hinting at further justification for what he begins in his truth post. There's no, there's simply no intellectually honest alternate way to read what Trump said in his post, but that he is calling for the termination of the U.S. Constitution. Now, you can say, oh, this is just an expression of frustration. He's really irritated. Guys. We are over two years out from the 2020 election. He is a grown man closing in on 80 years old. And he has to whine like that and and even throw out the idea of terminating the Constitution? Come on, at what point are we supposed to grow up? At what point are we supposed to finally grow up and accept that we lost? Or are we supposed to just whine and call for terminating the U.S. Constitution. And then let's go to the New York Post. The New York Post has a great point that they raised in their editorial. And keep in mind, the New York Post is the publication that was suspended from Twitter for being the original reporting of the Hunter Biden story. They've got a lot invested in this. And they say, in fact, the Constitution was written with full awareness of humanity's imperfections, including election cheating, which is as old as democracy itself. The electoral college count is the final word, no matter how messy the process that leads to it. The nation couldn't function if elections didn't truly end, and the founding fathers were practical idealists. And one of the things that they point out is the following. The inherent limits of what we can know about such things are among the many reasons the founders made the electoral college count as ratified by Congress the final word. 
They made provisions, incidentally, for what to do if the college didn't produce a winner. See elections of 1800 and 1824. Let's be clear about something. The Electoral College has that final say in the Constitution. Once it is ratified, that's a done deal. Over and done with. There's nothing you can do. And even suggesting the idea of terminating the Constitution would be subverting the rule of law. And I thought he was a law and order guy. I can't tell you, having been a two-time Trump voter who was extraordinarily impressed with the presidency on the whole that he ended up bringing about far surpassing any expectations I had. I mean, that, that was something else. Something else to deal with and to listen to. Uh, and to now read after his presidency was as successful as it was. 303-696-1971. Tracy in Wait, 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 wait. Wait, you want to jump in here? Stefan Tubbs in the studio. I just wanted you to know that your talking Tay doll is now out for delivery. Yes! With Amazon. Yes! It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm so excited. It's coming. It's coming to delivery and I'm looking forward to it. And Stefan also coming up at the top of the hour. <laughs> Tracy and Longmont, let's go to you. Good afternoon. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Jimmy. I've talked to you a couple times, man. Uh, you know, I, I know you're a Regis guy and all this stuff. And I'm a homeless man. And I live on the streets, and I talk to a lot of people. You know, people actually do not like Donald Trump, man. They despise him for all the things that he's done and the things that he's said. Well, that is not surprising to me. We do live in a state called Colorado where Trump lost by nearly 14 percentage points and where he is just not popular. I mean, here in Colorado, he's not well-liked except by uh, maybe a plurality of Republicans. Well, you know, he, he thinks he, he could just force his way into the presidency. It's like he's a mafia guy or something that thinks he can thug everybody out and do whatever he wants. That's why he speaks that way about the Constitution. And, you know, he was a Democrat. He used to be a supporter of abortion, all kinds of things, man. He swings all over the place. Well, So I will say that while he was a Democrat, while he supported abortion, he did have. And it is a powerful story of his conversion to being pro-life. But in his presidency, he did a heck of a lot of good things, including standing up for the Constitution by appointing Supreme Court Justices Gorsuch of Colorado, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. But this kind of a statement, because he's still upset over his loss in 2020 and can't accept that, I mean, that is beyond the pale. And it it is disqualifying in his nomination for president. Well, hey, can I say something else real quick, Jimmy? Yes, sir. Hey, you know, they send them those water bills out. They got everybody's address. You know, voting really ain't an issue, man. People don't have a problem getting those things done. What do you mean? 
getting wet things done. You, 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 well, you, they, they send out a ballot to everybody that pays a water bill or a sewer bill. The municipality makes sure that happens. And then Donald Trump's making all these cities and municipalities look like they're a bunch of lying losers. So I, I, I would say there's some more nuance to this because you have to be a registered voter. You don't just automatically get a, a ballot because you pay a water bill. Um, although your, your point is well taken as far as there are a lot of different, I mean, ways where people get their ballots and then they can decide and you have the whole system. I'm out of time here, Tracy. I appreciate the call and Merry Christmas to you this holiday season. Um, be safe, please. Once again, 303-696-1971, our telephone number, but we are just about out of time here. I, I will just leave you with this. I mean, I, I think the Republican Party is at a very important inflection point where we have to decide are we going to prioritize the Constitution or the guy we would have liked to have in the White House? And to me, it is the Constitution. Are we far gone in many respects from it? Absolutely. But what we have, we have to hold tightly to. And we cannot just, I mean, if Biden suggested something like this, do you think Republicans would have tolerance for it? Or would we say, you know what? That guy doesn't care about the Constitution. And we would rag on him for it, and rightly so. If AOC said that, Jared Polis, John Hickenlooper, you name the damn Democrat, if they said it, we would be all over them, and rightly so. But because you don't like the 2020 election, look, the Constitution verifies how the president is determined in the end, the Electoral College. Last I checked, conservatives support the Electoral College. Rightly so. And to undermine that, to discard that and say, oh, we just need to terminate the Constitution. I mean, not only is that petty and absurd, but it is antithetical to the Constitution. And as a constitutional conservative, a constitutionalist, I will not abide by that. And I hope you don't either. Deborah Flora is coming back to Colorado from Washington, D.C. She shall return tomorrow. Stephen Tubbs warming up in a bullpen. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. Tune in Saturday morning, 6 to 9, for the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. And have a great rest of your day. As I always like to say, may God bless America. Never give up. Never surrender. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.